Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Mission Matters. My name is Adam Torres, and if you'd like to apply to be a guest in the show, just head on over to missionmatters.com and click on Become a Guest to Apply. All right, so today I have Sam Therese on the line, and he's president and CEO at Alverno Laboratories. Sam, welcome to the show. Great, thanks. Welcome. I'm glad to be here, Adam. Appreciate it. All right, Sam. So uh, excited to have you on the show today. I know we've been trying to connect and we've been trying to get you on this show for a while. So excited. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of different things, including um, Alverno Laboratories and, you know, outside of even COVID-19, which maybe gets a lot of the media headlines. So we're going to talk a lot about the future of what you're doing. Um, but before we do that, um, we'll start this episode like we start them all with our Mission Matters Minute. So, Sam, we at Mission Matters, we amplify stories for entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. That's our mission here. Sam, what mission matters to you? Yeah, I mean, for Alverna Laboratories, our mission is about, you know, caring for patients and, and uh, the communities that we serve and uh, really an organization driven by innovation and, and trying to create new and better ways to provide care to patients. Uh, that's what we try to do uh, each and every day in our world, even beyond COVID into to many other areas. So I'm looking forward to kind of sharing what we're doing as an organization. Awesome. Lo love bringing uh, mission-based entrepreneurs and executives on the line to share, you know, what gets them motivated, what gets them up in the morning and going. So thank you for sharing that. Let's just start it off by maybe telling us a little bit more about your background and really how you got started in this industry. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's Interesting enough, I, I've been um, in, in the laboratory world uh, in healthcare for now over 40 years. So I've been I've been doing this quite a while, in, in lots of different roles and in lots of different environments, from you know, large academic research centers to, to pure research facilities, hospitals. Just about my entire career has been really dedicated to laboratories. So. I don't get to do the, the real heavy duty science anymore, but I, I kind of uh, enjoy leading the organization and, and trying to get us to, to, to new and better places for our patients. And that's, so that's a little bit about me and my healthcare, but yeah, long time healthcare person. So, All so it's safe to say, I mean, obviously over 40 years, you've seen a lot of change, a lot of, a lot of innovation, um, mm -hmm. a lot of just things that have happened in the world over that period of time. And since you've been in that same laboratory environment, I, I feel that you have a really unique vantage point, um, especially serving in different roles. Um, what excites you right now? Like what excites you right now about the evolution of, of healthcare in general, but the, you know, the laboratory mm -hmm. setting? Yeah, I mean, healthcare, uh, I mean, in the last probably, you know, two years, yes, you know, we have, we've had to deal with COVID and, it, and it's been uh, actually a thrill to see kind of the laboratory on the front page for, yeah. for a period of time where, you know, we kind of, you know, at least used to living in that world where we're, we're kind of um, kind of hidden away, you know, the, the, the secret of most healthcare, healthcare organizations. Yeah. Just I was thinking so about that, like you guys were the rock stars of this. Laboratories were the back, yeah. like the backbone of everything. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's it, in my entire career, I'd never seen that much attention on, on the laboratory space. And it was really great to see, you know, so many laboratories, so many colleagues mm. you know, just really, you know, come to the forefront and, and really deliver. And just great to hear our, you know, our health systems, our physicians, even patients saying, you know, thank God you were here yeah. uh, and helping us get through kind of the challenges. So that's been obviously a, a very important uh, 
piece of what we've been you know, kind of engaged in. Um, but, you know, being good laboratories, you know, we couldn't just stop there. So, you know, we continue to, to search and find, you know, new and other ways and other technologies to deliver different levels of care, not just for COVID, but for uh, many, many other uh, diseases and things that our, our patients are experiencing. So just one little piece of it, although a big piece that we got a lot of attention for was COVID. Yeah, and, and I think that's a great transition. So let's mm -hmm. go further into maybe um, Alverno Laboratories. So first off, mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about the company, please. Yeah, so Alverno in itself is kind of an innovative company just in the model of, of that we exist. So we're this integrated laboratory that um, owns and operates, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, 30, 40 uh, hospital laboratories across multiple systems. So we're this integrative model that is very hard to actually put together and we've been at this now uh, since the late 90s uh, where we have this very large central laboratory which is kind of the technology and innovation hub mm -hmm. uh, and then we you know support all of the activities in these hospitals you know serving their patient care needs so the model itself in terms of just how we're, we're structured is really relatively young and there's not a, a number of large number of organizations that actually are, are able to pull this off you know kind of hard keeping everybody together you know working in, in standardized ways approaching quality and delivering care the way that we do at Alverno. What do you think are some of the uh, what some of that secret sauce are some of those key elements that allow Alverno to to operate in this really unique model? Well, you know, of course, it's our, our associates. Yeah. Um, you know, they're the, the, I think, the glue and the secret sauce to any organization. And so we're, we're very blessed to have uh, dedicated people uh, across, you know, two states here in the Midwest, somewhere north of, I would say, uh, over 2,000 associates uh, wow. each and every day doing that. And then, you know, we, we work very hard at um, trying to make sure everybody understands our mission. Uh, why why is everybody coming to work? You know, we hope that everybody is coming to work, you know, for that notion of providing great care, uh, doing things in innovative and creative ways. Those are critical elements. And then we have something called Alverno Business Systems, in which you know, it's really our approach to quality and continuous improvement and really heavily uh, based on lean and, and, and those kinds of activities. So, you know, each and every day, each and every, you know, shift uh, in our laboratory, there are teams coming together to say, okay, what can we do to make this even better? Mm. You know, even when we're, you know, at the top of our game from a performance standpoint, we're still challenging ourselves to what can we do more? What can we do better? What can we do faster? What can we do to better meet the needs of our patients and our physicians? So that's uh, another critical element. And, and then I think we get into, you know, this um, technology and, and how we apply it and use it and get other things, you know, standardization and, and knowledge. And then the other thing we do that probably is less known is, is that um, none of this is a secret. Yeah. Uh, so we really have as part of our mission to tell the world what we're doing and hopefully somebody can learn from that and maybe take some of our practices and internalize it in their organization and so hopefully we're we're serving the broader community but um, those are just some of the things that i think have set us apart 
Let's stick on that idea of, um, of technology and innovation and what Alverno is doing on that side of the table to, um, to kind of continue to, to, um, to get better, right? Like you said, even if you're operating at the top of the game, you, you want to get better. Like, what are some of the things Alverno's um, exploring? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll reflect for a moment in terms of where we've been. I, I guess mm-hmm. and, you know, sometimes we, we, you know, we move from one thing to the next, and we forget to celebrate occasionally, not too often, but occasionally. The entrepreneur so, or the executive plight, right? I feel like that's yeah. just our condition, at least in the United States. That's our condition. It's like yeah, like, I'm not on sure to the next <laughs> So, I mean, going back, you know, a handful of years, you know, we were some of the first in the in the country to, to bring in things like automation and microbiology, mm-hmm. uh, things like, you know, Malditoff, which is a fancy name for some uh, some technology um, that, that really, you know, revolutionized how we deal with um, infection uh, mm-hmm. and sepsis being the most serious of, of those that technology literally allowed us to, to speed the result and you know, the knowledge of how to treat a patient by 24 to 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that dramatic improvement. And prior to that, point, just for context, um, prior to that, what would a timeline have been, just roughly? Oh, it could be up to you know, uh, 72 uh, wow. to, to 96 hours. So uh, Wow, so cutting off. it down significantly. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there's something that uh, is very rewarding when, you know, uh, you know, somebody says, you know, you, you may have saved a life. Uh, so that's really how important laboratory is, I, I think, to uh, the field. And that's just one example. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've had others, you know, things we've done with um, high sensitivity troponin, which is a marker for, for heart attacks. Yeah. Uh, and once again, you know, that ability to, to better diagnose, better give that information back to the clinicians, allows them to intercede much quicker. Uh, and then when you look at it from the standpoint of, you know, one of the, the big challenges we have in, in, in cardiac care is, is that, you know, the symptoms for a heart attack in a male and a female are very different. Uh, I've been told the high sensitivity troponin that we're doing actually uh, has improved outcomes for many of our, our, our female um, patients that you know may not have been recognized as having a heart attack so um, lots of you know good stuff like that that is real meaning um, for patient care and there are are, uh, many others Um, some may not be as big or as exciting as those but i mean uh, in a given year we're we're generating or modifying or improving somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 or 50 different tests wow uh, and so we um, continue to do those are the little ones that I don't know that we you know, necessarily advertise or talk a lot about. But yeah. that's an ongoing thing. And we've been doing that for well over a decade. Uh, some of our more recent um, successes, uh, probably the two most common, um, one would be uh, our uh, movement into next gen sequencing for mm-hmm. the treatment of oncology patients. And so, uh, you know, today we can, you know, um, look at somebody's cancer at a genetic level and you know we're looking at um, could be up to you know 500 plus genes of, of importance that allows us maybe to get a patient to a better clinical trial or a better treatment and hopefully a better outcome uh, and so that uh, ties into our, our precision medicine program and 
you know, we're not the site where you can, you know, send the swab and we're going to tell you all your risk factors. So, but we're more focused on kind of that oncology patient and cancer. That's where um, we think that we can make the, at least the biggest difference. And we'll leave that other stuff to you know, the, the, the mail-in places that you can do it. So you know, we're not looking at your, you know, genetic ancestry and, you know, all that. That's somebody else's uh, world. But and then probably the other area that um, has really uh, garnered some excitement that we're pretty unique at is what we're doing in digital pathology. Mm. Um, I've been told we're, we have one of the largest installed bases of scanners in the entire world. Now, I don't have any documentation to prove yeah. that, but it's kind of a cool thing to say. It is a cool thing. Um, but um, we'll be scanning somewhere in, in the nature of, um, I want to say, a million to a million and a half uh, slides on an annual basis. It's amazing. You, know, you, think of, yeah, you think about that, and you know, today we, we package all of that up into a car uh, and drive it to all of our locations, and, and now we don't do that anymore. We, we send an image, and, and our pathologists are looking at a computer screen, and much like we're doing with a, with a Zoom or a yeah. Teams meeting. Now it's kind of the norm in our world uh, in the administrative side, and that's how they're making their, their diagnoses. So once again, it's a, just another step quicker um, yeah. for getting that information out. And so that's been an exciting initiative. We've been working on that for a little while. And then uh, kind of the newest component of that is um, some people call it aug augmented technology or AI or whatever you want to frame it in. But um, uh, we have some partnerships where we're, we're actually now having computers look at those images to help support that making of a, of a diagnosis, um, mm. uh, which is really kind of cutting edge. So we have a, a partnership with a company that we're working uh, with to, to bring that to our patients and our uh, mm -hmm. physicians as well. So just exciting times. Oh man, it is exciting. And I mean, all the different things that you're mentioning. So precision medicine, um, the digital pathology, like over a million slides uh, um, processed in a, in a year. So instead of taking, put them in the car and like going to the, to the different labs, like that time, that time saving can save lives. And then now you're talking about the idea of AI and what, the, and between AI and machine learning, like the idea that, you know, over time, the more data you have, the more that you, you, you know, more things that you've processed, it just it's it, it progresses science it progresses obviously the the patient care and um and it allows us to learn and to find things that maybe the human eye couldn't necessarily see or our normal procedures couldn't quite like we just can't possibly like um process that much data i mean it's exciting i i think it's an amazing time um so much of that is not necessarily visible and Mm -hmm. You know, where it goes next from there, I, I think those those areas of AI are going to continue to explode. I think we're going to see it from even an operations perspective in terms of machine learning. And, mm -hmm. and it's really not a, a world where we're, we're trying to replace anybody. I think yeah. everybody, you know, sometimes fears that technology is going to you know, eliminate a job. It really isn't at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and particularly in these days, I mean, we're, we're all challenged by significant labor uh, shortages and you know sometimes we sit there and say where did they all go yeah <laughs> um but 
you know, I, I think these are just going to be, you know, in our future uh, for a long time. And it's not just in, in the laboratory space. It's not just, you know, it's, it's throughout, you know, even the consumer side of the world. Think about self-driving cars. Will we even think about that, you know, a handful of years ago? No. Not so sure I want to be in one, but that, you know, but eventually I think we'll get there. I want to be uh, in one, Sam. Sign me up. I'm in. I don't, I don't have to ever drive again. If I can, matter of fact, I don't even want windows. I just want screens all around. I want to put like this really high res um, uh, screen on there so that I can be at the beach on my drive when I'm sitting in LA traffic. Let me just see. Like <laughs> I'm on the beach right now. Yeah, I did. For, I did forget you were in LA. <laughs> <laughs> but, I understand. Yeah. I, I, I've driven in LA traffic, so I do realize that and maybe I would agree. Put me in a <laughs> like, like the casinos. Pump something in that air so that I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> like put some yeah. sea, some yeah. sea breeze. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. It's like it's just amazing that you know. I, I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I've been at this for a very long time, and you know, it, it seems like what we did. 40 years ago was just simply archaic and at some levels almost barbaric. Yeah. I mean, there's always the, you know, the joke that uh, the pregnancy test usually involved, a, you know, a rabbit, a living, like, I mean, you, you, to kind of put that, I think we wouldn't even think about doing anything like that today. So it's really a phenomenal um, time. And, you know, I think, you know, the challenge that we have organizationally is, is you know, we got to keep people engaged in, in that willingness to, to keep pushing forward. And I think we do a good job at kind of aligning people. They know what that's what we do. Uh, and, you know, the kind of the side pieces get, get a whole bunch of this associates that are really excited about being here. Uh, it makes us unique. It makes people want to be here. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't think we'll be in a scenario where we're going to stop anytime soon. Uh, you know, the, the interesting, you know, what's coming next. And it's, it's hard to understand, but there's almost a lesson in COVID in that. I mean, in this day and age, um, you can go to your local pharmacy and, and buy a, a COVID test. Yeah. Go home and take your test. Um, would that work for other tests? Yeah. Uh, I, I think we might see that. And you know, we're trying to understand how we fit in, in the laboratory space. And it's a different fit. It's no longer maybe about doing a test, but how do we support people in their homes yeah. uh, that might be, I don't know, pick a test, doing a cholesterol test or something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, and how do we help get that data into the medical record? And so our, our kind of our next wave is uh, trying to understand what we do with all this information. How do we use it? How do we put it yeah. together in a way that uh, can help, you know, uh, care and, and people's health and the communities do better? Uh, yeah. So it's it's a great exploration. I don't know that I have the answers. I know there are um, lots of people in my world that are looking at that. And so are we, but um, yeah, we're still trying to finish off the other things we started. But. 
Oh yeah, no, I I get it. But it is, it is an interesting thought though, to think about like uh, the thought of it being kind of hybrid CPG consumer package at the same time. And you're like, get your test, but, but for a lot of things, especially things like, like you mentioned, like cholesterol, all these other things, um, you know, diabetes management, all these other things. Yeah, I think what's gotten me very interested in it, and I don't know if this is appropriate, but I I mean, I'm a diabetic. Hmm. And so uh, I wear a sensor and through my cell phone, I send information to my clinician and to whoever else needs it. Wow. So, you know, if the technology can do that for that particular disease, if we could do that for other things, might we get people to, to... you know, monitor their, their, their lipids or whatever it might be so that one, they don't end up with heart disease or or two, they don't end up as a, you know, a diabetic. Mine is not related to anything from a behavioral standpoint. It's Mm -hmm. just a medical thing. But, you know, I think trying to understand that from the community perspective and what we can do to really keep people healthy. Well said, Sam. Yeah. So that's where I think we're trying to understand kind of our next uh, venture. We're not there yet, mm-hmm. but I, I have a sense with all the people we have involved working on it and thinking about it, we will be. <laughs> you know, we'll work through that, and you know, I'm sure there'll be some some ups and downs and some failures. And I think we try to live by the old adage: if, if we do get it wrong, let's you know let's fail quickly here so we can yeah. move on. Well, Sam, times. I have to tell you, um, been great having you on the show, learning more about Alverno Laboratories, really how you're in, how you're innovating, really how you're pioneering different things and thinking about the future, like, like, like keeping all of that in mind, ultimately for what, for better patient outcomes. I mean, that's what I, what I'm a fan of in general in the healthcare industry is that is companies that align themselves on all different levels of, of healthcare, no matter what they do. And especially in the laboratory space, the, the rock stars, I would say again, of this whole last year year and a half, two years of us um, getting through this thing and and uh, really the backbone of now we see um, how important these things are and uh, finally at the forefront. So awesome to get to know more about the business. If somebody is is watching this and they want to learn more about Alverno Laboratories, I mean, what's the best way for them to, to connect? Well, you know, in these days, it, it's always going to be something online. So, yeah. you know, check us out on uh, alvernolabs.com, A-L-B-E-R-N-O-L-A-B-S.com. Uh, I think you can follow us on LinkedIn or yeah. connect with us on LinkedIn. You can connect with me on LinkedIn if you'd like. Um, or I, uh, you can follow us on Facebook or uh, is it Facebook now or Meta or whatever it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is um, it called now? I don't know. <laughs> So, uh, you know, we're out there in, in social media. I mean, that's where we are. And, and oh, by the way, if anybody's interested in careers in, in laboratory, please let us know because we're, we're always looking. Yeah. It's Fantastic. Challenging time for that. So, but um, please follow us and see what we're going to do next.
All right. Well, uh, Sam, it really has been a pleasure having you on the show. And to the, and to the audience, as always, um, don't forget, hit that subscribe button, especially if you're a first-time listener or visitor. Um, we definitely want you to be a return guest. In term, and uh, we bring many, many more um, mission-based entrepreneurs and executives on the line that really share why they do what they do. So love to have you uh, tune in. And Sam, really, it has been a pleasure. Uh, thanks for connecting. Thanks, Adam. Uh, always, a, always a pleasure on my side as well to connect. I uh, appreciate it.